Welcome, everyone, to the Energy Advisors podcast. I'm your host, Rex, that energy guy. Today's topic is about coal. All right, so we're going to discuss what is coal, what are the types of coal, how is coal used today, supplies, the future, etc. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting conversation. I'm excited to announce here shortly that we're uh, recording this in December of 2023, actually the last days of December, got a lot of really exciting guests coming up in 2024. So there'll be a little less monologue and educational types of podcasts, but there actually will be lots of interesting guests sprinkled in and probably more. So excited to have that. So before we get started on today's topic, I want to thank our partners and friends in the show, our friends at Valor Solar. Now, the show emanates out of Colorado the great state of Colorado, and our friends at Valor Solar are also headquartered here. Valor not only serves Colorado, but they supply systems in Utah, Idaho, Nevada, and Arizona. The thing I like about our friends at Valor is integrity. Now, if you're going to make any type of energy decision, you have to go through an educational process, an implementation process, and a maintenance process. What's great about Valor is integrity flows through all of those. You're going to get the best education, the facts, no spin. You're going to get a great implementation, and then you're going to get fantastic maintenance and uh, future planning for what's happening with your energy plan. So uh, if you'd like to get in touch with our friends at Valor Solar, please visit uh, the website, energyadvisors.today. Fill out the form, and we'll get you in touch with them. Love those guys over there. Okay. So let's talk about coal. You know, I spent a lot of time talking about renewable sources, which is great, but the show is all about energy, uh, current, past, future, trends, et cetera, and coal is part of that. In fact, coal is still the dominant player throughout the world as far as the energy sources. Now, let's look at what coal is and its process. So there actually is a process called coalification. Yes, that is a scientific term, coalification. What we have with coalification is you have peat, which is um, plant and animal material mixed with the soils that becomes this dense uh, carbon-based layer. Now, you create uh, coal through the coalification process when you take peat and put it under immense heat and pressure. Now, one could argue that coal is a renewable energy source, but it takes hundreds of millions of years for coal to be created under that immense heat and pressure. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think I'm going to live to be hundreds of millions of years from now. I can't even wrap my head around that type of concept. So I'm not going to classify it as a renewable, but technically it can be, but who knows? All right. So we take this plant and animal material. It's not just dinosaur, dinosaur bones. It is all of that combined, put under immense pressure and heat, and then we get coal. Now, there are four different types of coal that exist. And most people have a little bit of general information, maybe not any, um, that it's kind of bulked into two different categories, hard and soft coal. But it's important to understand the differences in those and what they're used for and the supplies of those. So the four types of coal are uh, anthracite. And anthracite is what we would really classify as hard coal. Now, coal has a ranking system, kind of like a food um, pyramid, where the best is at the top, the least is at the bottom. Anthracite is actually the probably the best uh, coal there is. 
it is higher in carbon value, so it has more energy per ounce. It has less uh, moisture in it, so less water, and its density uh, per ounce is much greater than the other types of coal. Now, anthracite uh, was mainly found in the United States, is where you it's been under the most, excuse me, the most amount of pressure and heat over the longest period of time. Most of the anthracite coal that has been mined in the United States was found in the Appalachian Mountains. So the areas of Virginia, West Virginia, parts of Ohio, Kentucky, uh, Tennessee, those areas, if you live in the Appalachian, that's where coal was, um, anthracite coal was mainly mined. Now, anthracite coal has been mined extensively, so its supply is much, much less. Now, anthracite coal, because of its um, properties, is used a lot in the pr um, processing and manufacturing of steel, iron, and other metals. And so it, because it has a higher energy um, producing capability per ounce. So not a lot of it left. It's been mined a lot, un mostly underground type mines for anthracite coal. It is shiny looking when you pick a, pick a piece up very hard. It's much harder than the other coals. Okay. The second type of coal is bituminous coal, which is the most abundant coal that we find out there. And it's sort of the middle ground coal it is primarily used in the generation of electricity. Now, how we generate electricity, uh, another quick side note, we won't go here for a long time, is we basically are using a steam engine. Okay, just like the steam trains. So we burn a fuel that heats water and the steam turns the turbines. Okay, so that's how it works. So by bituminous coal, if I can talk today, bituminous coal, is uh, hauled in by trains. It is uh, mixed with some salt sometimes, and it's burned to boil the water and then uh, produces the steam and turns the turbines. Okay. So there's quite a bit of uh, bituminous, bituminous, bituminous coal out there, and it is the second graded um, coal out there. The third is subbituminous coal, and that is uh, available. It's lesser quality uh, than the other two. It has a lower percentage of carbon, higher percentage of water in it, and it is also primarily used for the um, generation of electricity. It's kind of the um, lower grade. If you're looking on a retail where um, the anthracite is maybe the Macy's or the Nordstrom's, um, your uh, sub-bituminous coal is probably, I don't know, maybe the Walmart of coals. And then you have the, the lowest level coal, which is um, lignite coal. Uh, this is really low-grade stuff. Sometimes it's referred to as brown coal. Um, less burning qualities, less desirable, and it's often found on the edges of the other veins of coal. Now, it's an interesting um, thing to understand how coal is being used, what the reserves look like. Right now on Earth, uh, they're saying that accessible, uh, recoverable um, tons of coal, and I'm going to talk about U.S. tons, which would be for referred to as short tons, 2,000 pounds, um, about 1.8 trillion short tons of coal left that is recoverable. 
Uh, and that's based on current sciences. Now, you know, you have to think 30 years ago, they thought all the oil was in the Middle East and now they've discovered many other places and natural gas. So I'm not going to box this in and say, oh, that's it. This is all we've got. But the recovery, recoverable coal is uh, what we're talking about now. Now, what does that mean in supply? Well, that means that the earth has approximately 114, 115 year supply based on current rates of consumption of coal. So that gives a little bit of time. Um, but again, it's probably not the most desirable path to be on, but there's a lot of coal out there. And let's talk about where coal exists. Now, there are six major countries where coal is uh, found. Um, there's the United States, which has 28% of the coal's reserves, Russia with 18%, China with 13%, Australia with 9%, and India with 7 uh, Oh, and I'm sorry, 7%. Germany has 5 The rest of the world makes up the 20%. So 80% of the coal is found in seven countries. And so uh, what's exciting for those who live in the United States, we got a lot of reserves left. Uh, we're the largest amount of coal uh, reserves in the world. Now, what what we find in the, with coal consumption is, I don't think most people understand, there are just a little over 2,500 coal-fired plants to create electricity, 2,500. And that's across uh, 50 countries. So that's a lot of power plants out there. Now, what's interesting is in more developed uh, countries like the United States, Western Europe, the consumption of coal is going down. In the United States over the past three years, coal consumption has gone down about 8%. Well, that's good news because coal isn't the best cleaning fuel, but we're going to talk about that in a little bit. However, the global demand for coal has actually gone up 1.6%, and that's because of developing countries um, are using more coal, and that's because of the cost. Here in the United States, for a short ton of coal, it's uh, just check the markets this morning, it's $76.30 a ton, or 3.8 cents a pound. That's not a very expensive fuel source. And as more countries around the world develop, you've got a cheap uh, fuel source, and they may not be paying attention to the efficiencies of coal, but it, it's there. So Western uh, countries, a decline, global is an increase, but they're predicting that there's going to be a new um, wave as we see more renewables accepted. Uh, in the United States, coal still comprises about 28, 29%, depends on whose statistics you want to believe on, uh, supply of our electricity. And so it's still the biggest player as far as percentage of fuel that is used to create electricity. Now, what we have in the United States, and I don't think people understand this, there are 240 uh, electricity plants for, that are run by coal. So while it's decreasing, while the government's trying to shut these down and it's a good path to be, to be on, there's still a lot of them around. So if you were going to take this on a state by state basis, rounded up to 250, you know, that's five uh, coal power plants per state. 
That's a lot. Okay. The largest reserves here in the United States, and again, we're a little more US focused on the on the podcast, but I did I'll do more research on this later, is the Powder River Basin, which is primarily located in Wyoming and Montana. So that's where a lot of the coal reserves are in the United States that's being used for electricity. Again, we talked about what happened with anthracite uh, in the Appalachian Mountains, but most of the coal is being uh, mined. And it's mined differently in the West, in the Powder River Basin. It is strip mined. So they're pulling the layers of soil off of that and overburden and getting to the coal. So billions of tons of it are being uh, consumed every year in the United States. Again, the United States is predicted based on its reserves and its consumption rates currently, and we'll talk about that in a second, to be a little over 100 years. Now, the problem with coal or the opportunity, depending on how you want to look at this, is its inefficiencies in combustion, all right? Because coal has a percentage of carbon and a percentage of moisture and water in it, it doesn't burn as clean, okay? Now, there have been major advancements in coal burning and its effects on the environment. And that has been over the last seven or eight years where scientists have figured out how to add salts to the burning of coal. So primarily this has been copper salts. Now what's happened with that is here in the United States, uh, we've been able to drop significantly the amount of ash, which is the ashes that are created through the process of burning coal. When added in these copper salts, it's reduced ash by about three times. And the carbon emissions is uh, down about 40% than what coal plants were doing just seven, eight years ago. But here is the kicker. Not everybody's adding salts to the processing of coal to create electricity. Our good friends in China, remember, our friends in China have 13% of the world's reserves. However, they're still accelerating rapidly the use of coal. And well, it mostly has to do because it's cheap. In China now, and you hear all kinds of stats, but I, I researched this, it's December of 2023. Uh, China is putting online another 100 coal plants. So it's about two per week, okay? There are ridiculous statements out there, it's two per day or stuff like that. No, 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 the real stats are it's two per week. So China is increasing by about 14% a year, their consumption of coal, but while we're dec decreasing about 8%. And so it's the economics of it. Now, unfortunately, China's not adding those salt additives on all of their plants. And so you've got a dirty, dirty environment. And I don't know if you've ever been over in China, but the pollution is terrible. And because they are not adding those salts in because they're not as concerned about the environment, the global effect on that is it's not um, helping the environment because they're not doing the best to reduce those salts, increase the efficiency of that. Now, these catalytic agents is what these salts are called. There's lots of experimentation that's going on with these catalytic agents, these um, salts, copper salts, and they're looking at other types of uh, salts to, to put into the mix. But the um, good news about this is 
it's actually increasing the efficiency of the density of the energy that's being burned. So when we look at those numbers of about 114, 115 years left of coal supply, we don't really know because like anything else in the world, there is always technology advancement and technology advancement is disruptive. Now, it would be great if we got rid of all the the carbon emissions from creating energy. I mean, it's a global um, drive, I think, except for in some developing countries like China. And one of the reasons also in China that they burn so much coal is they have a terrible grid. It is worse than the grid in the United States. China has not invested in that like the Western cultures, which is still way behind. And so you've got a cheap source, their grid is ineffective, and so they use it. And unless they upgrade their grid, they're going to be almost required to um, continue to use tons of coal. And I don't mean that facetiously. They're going to continuously use more coal because of the economics and the infrastructure. So it's, it's a double-edged sword in that fa fashion. Now, what's going to happen? We're seeing uh, renewables coming on a higher percentage, depending on whose research you research you look at. Uh, renewables is now up to about 20, anywhere from 26 to 28 percent of the power supply in the United States is done by renewables. You're seeing a shrinking of coal by about 8 percent over the last three years. So it's a good trend. I believe that everybody wakes up in the morning and says, I don't need a dirtier world. I think everyone wants a cleaner world. I would love to have free renewable energy that is pollution-free, that has um, out, out products of it that are basic or byproducts of it that are basically clean. Um, but we're not there yet. And I don't think anybody wants a dirtier world. So the question is, how do we get there? And how do we efficiently use the resources that have been available on the planet for man? So it's it's really interesting to think that um, how coal plays into the th stuff. It's been enormously politicized. Okay, I, I tend to be down the middle. I try to bring you just the facts. Uh, coal's going to be here. We're not going to step away from it, and it has to do with economics globally, and it has to do with the fact of that it is readily available and inexpensive at three point eight. Uh, cents per pound. That's a very inexpensive fuel source. Now, the reason why uh, coal, and I forgot to, to mention this, and we'll, we'll touch on this, why it is inefficient is it doesn't um, burn as well. So it's an incomplete burning process. And so by adding these salts to it, it helps increase the efficiency of that burning. So it's an interesting world, and, and I see, this is the vision that I see trying to look out there in the crystal ball, and I have no crystal ball, but I spend all of my time researching and looking at energy, is the fact that we're going to continue to need a balance of energy sources, and I don't think we can be radical in any one direction, and coal is going to be a part of that. So the next time someone spouts off some stats about coal and it's misinformed or China's uh, putting on new two new plants a day. That's just not true. Uh, it, you have to look at the economics of this. And it's just like hydrogen, hydrogen engines. Um, what is the economics of it? 
how do people make money with this? What is the infrastructure implications of this? And, and maybe the place to look at this entire process is why aren't we using different technologies to heat that water, to create the steam, to turn the turbines? Or why aren't we looking for other fuel sources that we don't have to heat water? Okay, so let's not let's not villainize and and make coal into this terrible thing. It's with us. Um, there is significant science in the in the Western cultures, the Western Hemisphere, at universities and research institutes and the government who are trying to make it more efficient. If we make it more efficient, we use less of it, and so it's it's an interesting component. So the goal of today was just to help you get introduce the coal. We'll talk about this more. I've got a couple of professors coming on to talk about what's happening for the energy um, efficiencies and the, and what they're trying to do to clean coal up a little bit. But I don't think we can get divorced from it anytime soon. Yes, it would be great if we had all fuel sources that weren't creating carbon, but it's there to be with us. So I hope this helps out. I hope this helps your understanding. I get on my soapbox every time. I talk to people every day. It's time for everyone to get an energy plan. You need to have an idea of how you're going to get independent uh, as the world's demand for power continues. I mean, think of this when everybody on the planet has a cell phone or everybody's driving an EV or large percentage of those. People are using more and more wireless, I mean, corded, cordless devices, and we're using more electricity to do just about everything. And AI, AI is coming along, and it's an enormous consumer of power. So the demand isn't going to go away. You need to be independent. You need to think this through, and you need to understand what is the economics of this. It's really important. I've published a couple of uh, episodes on this, and so independence is important. Get a plan, understand how you can benefit financially from it and how you can contribute to a better world. All right. Well, listen, we got to get running today. And thank you for your time listening in. Don't forget to stop by the website for the podcast, energyadvisors.today. Please bookmark the show or the podcast when you get a chance and also subscribe to any of the video platforms. And until next time, thank you for tuning in. And as always, make it a great day.